Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for those that have taken time out of the schedule to spend time with us in worshiping and honoring you. We thank you for the songs that have been sung. We just thank you for this time together to honor you, God, with our presence and with our actions. So, Father, as we get ready to go into your word, we ask that you will touch our hearts and that prepare our hearts and that you will uh, move our hearts to receive your word. And that will fall upon the good soil and that will gain great root and become like a mighty oak. So, God, we thank you for this time. We ask that you'll bless it all. In your son Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in our. I believe this is going to be our final episode of. One team. One vision, one mission, one voice. Last week, we started off on the last part, which is one voice, and we use that to set up what we are going to discuss this week, which I believe we will be able to finish today, but if not, then we'll finish it up, our next interaction. Uh, when we look at this whole series of this oneness, we're talking about operating in unity because we know that where there is unity, God commands his blessing. Where there's uh, cooperation, collaboration, where all that is together, God is blessing. So we want to be a people that are blessed. And we've gone through and we've talked about what it is to be a team. We talked about what it is to have vision. We talked about what it is to have a mission. And last week we talked about what it is to have a voice. And we're going to go through that really quickly, but I just want to emphasize that today I believe what we're going to discuss is going to be the overarching foundational truth to what all this oneness is about. And as I was getting ready last week to do this, and uh, when this thought hit me, I was, I was telling Yolanda, I said, I can't wait till Sunday because I really, then I was like, wait a minute, I can't talk about it. This Sunday, which was last Sunday, because I needed to set it up for this Sunday. If that was confusing to you, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll explain it to you in a minute. But remember, when we first talked about oneness, we were talking about how Jesus even prayed for us to operate in oneness. We talked about how uh, if you do not operate uh, properly in unity, you'll end up like the Tower of Babel where everything gets confused and then we talked about how on the day of Pentecost when they were on one accord that God came in and blessed them and they were able to change the world we talked about a team and the power of a team and remember a team can be as large as you can make it and as small as two people and we saw how uh, Gideon took 400 to one odds for every Israelite there were 400 of the enemy and they were able to defeat them we talked about how every part of the body is essential that when you are missing you are actually missed 
And if we understand that we are essential part to the functionality of our group, our organization, our team, then it's easier for us to be a part of it. A lot of times we feel like they don't need me or what I do is insignificant, but every part is significant. Talking about oneness. We talked about how vision allows us to see beyond where we are. That vision allows us to see beyond where we are. And that the vision has an effect on how we operate today. We always talk about forget about your past because your past has the potential to hold you back from your future. And so we want to ensure that we understand that what God is beginning to reveal to us, what God is beginning is showing us, enables us to move in the direction that he has provided for us. And then we talked about the definitions that we've had for the individual words. Definition for one. One is defined as single by union, undivided, the same unified whole. One is complete within itself. We talked about a team. A team is defined as a number of persons associated together in work or activity. Yes, sir. We talked about vision. Vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. We talked about mission. Mission being a specific task with which a person or a group is charged. Mm -hmm. And then voice. Voice is defined as a particular opinion or attitude expressed. I'm going to hit you with that one again. Voice is a particular opinion or attitude expressed. And our scripture that we're going to look into is the same one that we started off on last week, which was 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, the 10th verse. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, the 10th verse. We're going to be coming from the English Standard Version. And it says this. It says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. The same mind and the same judgment. So in everything that we do, that we do it together. We do it unified. That we not have any division among us. No fractures, no uh, cracks, no uh ulterior motives in what we do as this body. And as Paul was writing to the Corinthians, this is one of the first things he addresses. And usually with Paul, the first thing that he addresses is usually the most critical thing because he wants to take as long as he needs to do when he writes this letter so that they understand how significant it is. And he was bringing out the fact that, listen, we cannot have this craziness going on. We have to be unified. We have to be saying the same thing. We have to be operating under the same premise. And now, as we look at the thing of oneness, 
And as I was studying this, I realized that we have almost the same type of situation today where everyone comes in with their opinion on how things should be done. And I have nothing against an opinion. But the one thing that we miss is if your opinion is not considered the opinion, then a lot of times what we'll do is we'll sit down on what somebody else has decided for us to do and say, well, if we ain't going to do it my way, guess what? I ain't doing it at all. And so we want to get past that because this is the bottom line where I want us to go today is. And I'm going to tell you my bottom line up front is the Bible says this. Jumping off my notes, but I, I think I need to say this right now. It says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if your heart is not in the right position, then you're not going to say the right things. And I believe that that is of all the oneness things that we have to look at. In order for us to be one team with one vision, with one mission, and having one voice, we all got to have the same heart. That's the bottom line. We can say all these different things. We can try, but if our heart is not right, guess what? We're not going to be right. Okay? I'm only looking for, for uh, AJ to, to amen me today. I know some of y'all going to have your lips poked out, but it's okay. But we want to just look at the fact that we can, we can do our best. We can look our best. We can do all these things. But the bottom line is, how is my heart? My heart is my center. My heart is who I am when nobody else is around. My heart is where my emotions, where my thought processes is. The center of my being, that is my heart. Have y'all ever heard of getting at the heart of the matter? That means let's, let's get all the fluff. Let's get all that nonsense out of the way and let's talk about the real issue. Because sometimes we can come up with, you know, the, the, the facade and we can put up like everything is going OK. Everything is all right. Everything is perfect. And on the inside, we toe up from the flow up and we finna throw up because we are sick of ourselves. And so we want to get to the heart of the matter. We want to get to what it is really all about. And sometimes we fall into this mindset that if I tell the truth, then folks are going to be mad at me. Folks are not going to like me. Folks are just going to be disgusted with me. But you know what? There was an old saying that I used to hear all the time. It's better to tell the truth and shame the devil. Just tell the truth. Because the truth but the Bible says the truth will make you free. It will remove shackles. It will remove anything that will hinder you from receiving all that God has for you. Now, I know we tell uh, folks today that you can do whatever you want to as long as you don't hurt nobody. And, but sometimes the truth is, may seem in the beginning like it's hurtful, but in the long run, it is freeing. It is liberating. It sets us in a position whereby we can operate with integrity. That's a cuss word in a lot of folks' vocabulary today. Walk, walking in integrity, being a man or a woman of your word. It sometimes becomes an issue. 
So if we want to operate with one voice, we have to deal individually with our heart. And if we deal individually with our hearts, then it'll be easy for us to be able to say the same thing, be able for us to action on the same thing and for us to have the same vision so we can be the same team so that we can operate on the same mission. I've been around church for a few minutes and one of the things that used to drive me bonkers is a good word to use is we would come together and we would come up with this plan and the, the pastor or the leader would say this is going to be the plan and we're sitting there getting everything together. We go ahead and execute the program or whatever it is, and it it never I shouldn't I shouldn't use an infinitive. Almost always, you would have three or four people that would come the day of the event. They ain't been in no other time. And they would come in there and they'd be like, Well, let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. Let's do it like this. You know what? I'll do this, I'll do this. That used to drive, well, it still does. Because I'm like, where was you three months ago when we started planning this? And see, they stopped liking to talk to me because I'll be asking them questions. You know, we talked about that in the beginning. We said we're not going to do that. Well, I'm going to go talk to pastor about it. Well, I'm going with you because he ain't changing because I ain't finna go through that nonsense. You know, when we operate in unity, it's like if your time comes for you to be a part, then you go along with what's already going along. And if you got an idea... It's an idea. You don't shut down and say, well, I'm not, I can't help now because y'all don't want to do it my way. It, that just really, really gets to me. It's like, I don't know how many of y'all played, played sports, but I've never been on a, on, a, on a team that I played on. I've never been on a, a team that I participated with, and folks would only show up on the day of the event. Talking about, let's run. Or what's the plays or anything like that. Man, I, I, man, I, I, dude, you missed two a days. You ain't did no running with us. You ain't, and now you talking about what you, you better sit yourself over there in the stands because you're getting ready to get beat down in a minute. Because I think it's, it's important. One of the things that I've learned from the military is the key to operating as a team, whether that is in a, in a marital relationship whether it's in an organizational relationship, the team process comes when you go through adversity together. When you go through adversity together, then you have confidence on the person on your right, the person on your left, the person in front of you, the person in back, because y'all went through it together and y'all understand. And that's why I think I, that's, I think that's why it irritates me when when it comes time for the celebration and all that stuff, and you bring your little happy self up there, see, I, I, I'm not the one. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not the one. The, I'm not the one. Please, please don't try that at God's house, because it's, it's not going to be. A, it's not going to be a, a very favorable situation, because I believe that we give honor to those that honor is due. And if you do something dishonorable, I believe as the pastor, I need to correct that. And you walking up on the stage when we recognizing them folks that did the work, I'm I'm at the, I'm at the, okay. I, so when it happened, well I know it ain't gonna happen with none of y'all, so we good. Okay, I ain't gonna say it, but y'all make sure y'all tell somebody because if they walk up there, you're gonna be like, oh here come Pastor, because I'm gonna come talk to him, because I believe it's so important because, 
In order for us to have this oneness that we're looking to operate in, that means we have this confidence, this trust, this honesty, this integrity with the folks that are around us. And it's important that it starts with the person in the mirror. You don't worry about if this person is operating in honesty. You don't worry about this person's operating in integrity. You say, I'm going to do this, and I believe that God's going to send the folks around me so that they will do this so that we can all be successful together. All right, I'm, I'm trying to get out that alley, but it's really, this, this is just a point that I think that we really need to drive home, that we have to take care of ourselves. We have to not just do enough. We do this as if we're doing it unto the Lord. I think that says it in the Bible. Isn't that something? Well, let me get back on my, back on my notes. Okay, let's go to Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 33rd through the 37th verses. Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 33rd through the 37th verses, and we're going to look at, we're going to look at that 33rd verse. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Y'all see that? You brought of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? It speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Can I get my little quick little thing on this? Because I, I, I want us to understand this. Our desire is for everyone to operate in honesty and integrity. But if you keep saying negative stuff, then there's something in you is now revealing itself in the situation. I, I appreciate Lady Yolanda. You know why I really appreciate my wife? Because she always looks for the good in every situation. I ain't like that, y'all. I, I can be honest. I don't, I, I, my, my personality is such that I'm like, okay, this is getting ready to go all, fall off the rails. Let me prepare for it to go off the rails. And she'll come by and say, well, babe, maybe they were thinking this. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. But that's not my my initial thing is like if they say something I'm like, and then next thing you know she'll say well think about maybe they were doing this or maybe you know and I'm like okay okay. But where I'm going with this is when they say something and then once it's said I look at this okay what they gonna do next because there's a saying that says actions speak louder than words. But that doesn't mean that the words don't have significance. So if you say, I'm going to be this type of person, but your words do not correspond with your actions, then guess what? You're a confused tree. If you're going to, and, and, and 
And I'm saying this to an extreme just just to make a point. If you're going to be a bad tree, then don't be trying to tell folks you got good fruit. You just say, I got bad fruit. And then maybe we can do a transfusion or something to help you become a good tree. But my point is, your words are going to come out of your heart. Your words come out of your center. Your words come out of your, your very uh, being of who you are. And so you can try to say that I am this, but when you take those words and you look at how the person does business, sometimes they don't correspond. So if this person says, I'm a really good person, you know, I do this, I'm on time, I do all, you know, and they say all this, and then you watch them, and they're always late. The realness of their heart is, I'm not on time. Y'all with me? Now, where I'm going with this is, when we have times of pressure, when there's time of intensity, the real person comes out. And if it's a person that say, and you say, I need you to be here at such and such a time. And instead of that person being truthful and saying, you know, I really have this habit of being late. I will try my best to be there. They'll say, OK, I'll be there. And you planned everything about falling into place at these times. And that person doesn't come on time. And so it has this domino effect to the whole operation. So it's better for that person to have said, you know what, I'm not really good with time, but I'll do my best. So then you, as the leader, can come up with a contingency just in case. But when you say you're a person of your word, you're operating in honesty and integrity, guess what? It has an effect. So where I'm pushing you, where I'm pushing us to is to say, let us look at ourselves and let us begin to do the internal work that needs to happen so that we can be men and women of honesty and integrity. Let's look at Luke, the sixth chapter, the 43rd through the 45th verses. Thank you, sir. Luke, the sixth chapter, the 43rd through the 45th verses. It says, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Have y'all ever, yeah, I know y'all have heard this because we all country folks up in here. We live in, we live in the great state of South Carolina. We all understand this. Y'all know that certain family names have meaning. Y'all right? Am I right? If y'all hear about the Johnson family from down yonder, y'all like, Oh, don't mess with them. You mess with one Johnson, you got to mess with the whole family. Or you say the Jones family from over yonder, and they be like, oh, them some good folks. They give you the shirt off your back. You're known by your fruit. You're known by that. Now, where I'm, where, oh, no, I'm not going to jump yet. But what we have to do is look, look at this scripture. It says, for no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Now, what is talking about in that 43rd verse is the consistency of what is executed. For those of us that have eaten fresh fruit off the tree, every once in a while, 
that pear may have gotten tainted. But it does not mean that every pear on that tree is tainted. So every once in a while, something it may, it may slip or something may have happened to cause some bad fruit to be on that tree. But overall, that tree has good fruit. Now, for those of y'all that like uh, 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 a fruit that uh, is, uh, what's the word I want to use? That, that has aged, aged over-aged, you know what I'm saying? It's all soft and gooey. And See, I, I'm not that kind. I need, I need, I need some, some firmness to it. But some folks like that. So we don't look at the fact that <clears throat> I ran into this one piece of fruit and it is it, it's, it's overripe or it, it's not appropriate. Let me grab another piece. And if I keep grabbing pieces and they keep having the same flavor, then guess what? That's probably how the tree is. But if I grab one and it's, and it's a little funny, but then the next one is, oh, this is good. You know, this is what an apple's supposed to taste like. You know, it, this is the point. It's a consistency. It's a, it's a process. So every time one of us or some of us may slip and may not do as good as we would have wanted to do. But if our consistency is good, like the Johnsons over there, they're going to beat you up just because you walk down their street. And we already know that, so don't walk down their street. You see what I'm saying? So if we understand that, it says, for each tree is known by its own fruit. In verse number 44, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes. Now, if you was able to do that, you'd be something, wouldn't you? You go get a fig from thorn. Nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Y'all with me? Y'all might not like me, but y'all with me, right? Okay. I want to I wanna talk about a man's words. And this is man in general. This is not men in specific, but man, a, pers a person's words. A person's words expose their true nature. What is really beneath the surface. A person's words expose what he is down deep within his heart, his motives, his desires, his ambitions, or his lack of initiative. A person's words expose their true character. Good or bad, kind or cruel. A person's words expose their mind, what they think, pure or impure thoughts, dirty or clean thoughts. Their, their words will expose what their heart is really about. A person's Words expose their spirit, what he believes and what he pursues, the legitimate or illegitimate, the intelligent or the ignorant, the true or false, the beneficial or the wasteful. My point today is our heart, no matter how we try to deceive ourselves, is who we are. 
And no matter how we try to cover it up, our heart is going to reveal itself. How many of us have heard folks say something that's totally off kilter and then they'd be like, ah, just kidding. See, I, I ain't that person. I'd be like, no, you done said it. Now I'm watching you. Because I'm just like, you just don't say some certain things, especially in certain events, and you'd be like, why would you say something like that? You know, why would you say, why would you, because to, for that to come out of you, guess what it had to be? It had to be in you. So I want us to acknowledge that. I want us to understand that. Proverbs, the 10th chapter and 11th verse says this. It says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 4:23 says that we have to keep our hearts with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. We have to be about keeping our heart. Now, I got some news for you, and I'll, you just take it the way it is. Jeremiah said this. It's not in my notes, but it just, it just hit me. It says that, that our hearts are stony. They're rough. They're unpliable. He says that we need to take our stony hearts out and get a heart of flesh, of life. Now, have any of us in here have ever tried to perform open heart surgery on ourselves? So if we have not tried to perform open heart surgery on ourselves, that means somebody else has to do it. And I want you to understand today that unless we allow Jesus to touch our hearts, that our hearts, as, as Jeremiah also said, he said our hearts are desperately wicked. Our hearts are always looking to satisfy itself. And if we don't change or go through the transformation of having this heart transplant, that our tendency, our propensity is always going to be towards something wicked or something evil. That is why the Corinthians were running into this complication. Because folks were saying stuff, but their hearts were not converted. Their hearts were not right. So, I've come today to let to just to tell everybody that it's it's okay for you to have issues with your heart. Guess what? We have remedy for it. And the remedy is so simple that that's what makes it difficult. Because Jesus says that if you accept me into your life, that I'll come into your life and I will change you. Now, a lot of us have said, I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And the Bible says I'm saved. But that's only half of the entirety. Once Jesus comes in, we now have to give him preeminence in our life. 
Now, some of us like to like to use Jesus as a get out of jail free card. Well, when we go through complications, we call on Jesus to keep us out of trouble. But he says, if you allow me to lead you, he said, I'm going to lead you to all things that are true. I'm going to lead you to all things that have peace. I'm going to lead you to all things that have joy. I'm going to lead you to all things that are righteous. But the problem that we have is he gives us the choice on how our heart is regulated. Could you imagine a person going to the doctor and they say, we need to do open heart surgery on you. And you say, well, I only want you to do surgery on half my heart. I only want you to do this, this part of my heart. The other part I'm pretty cool with. What would the doctor say? He said, I don't know. What, how am I going to do that? But because Jesus gives us the opportunity to make the decision to say, do you want me all or do you just want the part for the salvation? Isn't that something? He says, I can, I can, I can totally turn your life around but you have to be willing to trust me enough to give me your heart Proverbs 4.23 says that we have to keep our heart with all vigilance that means we have to be up there to protect our heart we have to keep our heart we have to watch over our heart it says because out of our heart flow the springs of life we want to be encouragers we want to speak life into everyone that we meet but we cannot do it within ourselves. We have to have Christ as the head of our lives and him being the head of our lives will provide us with the support and the foundation by which we can speak to someone and speak from a place of authority and not just throwing idle words out of there. That is what been on my mind for the past two weeks. Not just us saying things, but us saying it from who we are. Not saying things just because the leader says, let's say this, but let's say it out of us being connected to Jesus. And because we're connected to Jesus and he's leading and guiding us, we will say the same thing. If we're all connected to the same, we just had this situation here in Simpsonville. We had a portion of the grid go down. And when the portion of the grid went down, everybody electricity on that grid went down. Now, I paid our electric bill. Our electric bill was paid. But because we we're all connected on the same circuit, it had the effect on everybody on that circuit. If we are all operating under the headship of Jesus, letting Jesus be our leader, letting Jesus guide us, then when it comes time to do something, we will fall under that leadership, under that guidance and say, all right, God, this is what I believe we should do. And he said, no, don't say nothing about that right now. Follow what's going on. And we don't get an attitude because we have confidence that he is going to lead us and guide us to all truth, to all joy, to all righteousness, to all peace. And if we understand that, then we don't we don't worry about our opinion didn't matter. Our opinion wasn't needed at the time because our goal is for him to get the glory in everything. And so for us to speak the same thing, we have to be centered on the same thing. Y'all hear me? 
So it's not about what's coming out of our mouth. It's what is coming out of our heart. Because our mouth speaks what's in our heart. When we're teaching our kids their ABCs, they don't know a word they're saying. Right? All they see is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. And you be like, okay, show me an A. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I. You know what I'm saying? They don't know. Because we've taught them that so it's in their mind. And so now what we have to do is get them to take what's in their mind and place it in their heart. This is what an A looks like. This is what a B looks like. This is what a C looks like. And it begins to go from just being something in their mind to becoming a part of them. So then they can start reading. They can start doing the things that make them productive. That's the same thing that Jesus wants us to do. He wants to take the word that is coming into our mind and to put it into our very being, which means to apply it to our lives so that when we go forth, we operate in the power of who Jesus is in our lives so that we can be those people that are operating as one team with one vision with one mission and one voice not meaning singular but meaning united united as a team united with a vision united with a mission and united with a voice my my point to you today or my challenge to you today is to check your heart and ensure that your motives, your means, your attitude is subject to Jesus. Because if it's not subject to Jesus, it's not going to be good fruit. Y'all hear me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And Father, I ask that you will just touch us in our center, in our hearts. And that we will yield every aspect of who we are to you. And Father, I know for, for me that's not an easy thing because there's some things that I believe that I can control better than you. So I ask that you give me the peace and the wisdom to yield those things to you. That I will have the confidence that you will perform everything that you said and that you will do it for your glory. And that I will receive the benefit of operating under your guidance and your provision. So, Father, touch us now. And as we go throughout this week, just reveal yourself to us even in a greater way that we will yield our entire heart to you that we will speak life and that we will speak things that will bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.